us down to the last comic shop in five, four, three, two, one. the nerve of those guys first closing the shop early for the holidays and second actually investing in a new deadbolt you'd think after being a part of who knows how many last comic shop podcasts they would give yours truly mr mikey wood a friggin key already man it's dark in here where's that lever that opens up the archives it's under the counter i think there we go why they put the laundry room next to the archives is beyond me Oh man, I can't see anything down here. Ow! Light switch, light switch. Uh, here we go. Welcome to the Archive Rama 3000 Digital Security System. T minus five seconds to aggressive termination of intruder. Uh oh, wrong switch. Voice print recognized. Welcome, Michael Wood. Query Are you here to use the laundry facilities? Uh. Yeah, things are getting a little funky. Query. Records indicate purchase of washing machine in Wood Residence recently. Is use of laundry facilities necessary? The water pressure is better over here, plus the free fabric sheets. Understood. Query. Would Mr. Wood like to listen to a pre-recorded episode of the Last Comic Shop podcast while he waits? That would be awesome. What do you got in the hopper? Loading review. Giant Days Volume 1 by John Allison Whitney Koga and Lisa Tremar. Oh, an Eisner winner. So what I, I had, it was a picture of the hot dog style guide from around the world, according to Food Republic. Uh-huh. And the Philippine dog was a bright red notch dog served with banana ketchup, rice, and a fried egg. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever had this? Well, it's not like it's a, on a hot dog, so you're eating it like on a plate. Pile of rice, you get a hot dog. It's like you're eating yeah. it like it's a sausage. It's I mean, you're right. You know, this, it's, this picture shows it like a platter. Yeah. Okay. It's like bangers and mash. Yes. It's a breakfast thing. Hot dogs are breakfast food? <laughs> yeah! Yes. Buddy, I kind of want to go to the Philippines. <laughs> And Why Chad do we always talk about food on this show? I know, right? People are going to think food we're foodies. Food condiments. But there's been people like Mikey Wood. He sincerely said he'd want Chad to be my personal food gourmet because his ideas for like ricotta cheese and the mozzarella cheese, he's like, Chad has all the good ideas. I'm telling you, it turns your pizza into a little mini lasagna. And, like, who doesn't no, want lasagna that is pizza? That's so true. We've been ordering pizza a lot at work. It's really good. I think ricotta's only bad if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know that it's in there, it's a delight. <laughs> well, I'm Andy Larson, the host with the most. Welcome back to this week's program. Again, I've got my regular co host, Chad Smith. I'm a lot like ricotta. As long as you don't realize I'm here, it's okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm delightful and easy to be around. And also joining me on today's program is uh, my wife, Nicole Larson. Hello. Howdy. What kind of cheese are you? Sharp cheddar. Oh. Ooh, yeah, you are. You, you do have a tang to you. Um, there you go. And we also have uh, my uh, cousin all the way from the Philippines, J.A. Scott. Now it's I like really the- want to know all the Filipino things because they have hot dogs for breakfast. Absolutely. I, I don't know what cheese I would be. Um... No, you're probably like a Wainsley Dale. Oh, is that the stinky cheese? 
<laughs> no. Or like a, a Wisconsin cheese curd. Cheese what is it? is a British cheese that is very mild. Ah, I'm very mild and British. Want <laughs> <laughs> to be? I just I like guess. it because of the name. It's so fun to say. It's like Wainsleydale. It is. It's a good name. It's got a lot of uh, uh, syllables in it. Let's get it? that for our next charcuterie board. Yeah. Is it more fun to say than Havarti? Because no, I always yeah. feel like you're having a party have, when you have Havarti. I think we have some Havarti in the fridge. I can get you some. We're going to go and party. We bust out the Havarti. <laughs> sometimes it's still, sometimes it's not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like He's Wainsleydale. In any case, uh, yeah, today on today's program, we're going to be talking about an Eisner Award winning book because we're a comic book podcast. So not to talk about an Eisner Award winner is kind of defeating the purpose of us educating people on this program. Plus the fact that it is Nicole's pick. So I hope that you enjoy it. This is the only pick I get? Yeah. And it turns out that not only was this book win for the best continuing series, but it was also nominated in 2018 and also in 2016. And what book is that, Chad? It's called Giant Days. It's created and written by John Allison, illustrated by Lisa Tremaine, or Tremon. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but that's what I do. And then uh, she did chapters one through six, and then Max Saren. Uh, did chapter seven through eight. We read volumes one and two of the Giant Days here. There are many Pod. volumes. Yes, I think and they're already up to, I don't know, a volume eight or nine oh, or something. Even more, more than that, that. it yeah. could be up to like twelve or something. And I was going to say too, this came out of the Boom Studios Boom Box. Yes, affiliate there. Boom does some really good books. They're a comic book uh, company that doesn't get enough dap. That they put out the dap. Uh, they say it on Pardon the Interruption. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> What does that mean? They say it on this show. I don't know. Whatever. But anyways, they put out the Darkwing Duck series, which I love. They put out all the Planet of the Apes series that I love. They also came out with, like, uh, oh, there was another one, like Lawn Kids or... Lumberjanes? Lumber... No, not Lumberjanes. I'm serious. There's a book. Grass Kings. Not Lawn Dogs. You're crazy. Grass Kings. But Boom does a lot of really good books. J.A., why don't you do the 10 cent synopsis? I'm bad at this, so I'm happy someone else. Okay. It's a comic book that focuses mainly on three protagonist females who are in college in England somewhere. Their trials and tribulations of going through school as freshmen or fresh person, please. (laughs) And uh, how they, they, you know, sort of go through that time of their life. It, it is really because it's like kind of like a slice of life kind of thing. Like it's very similar to um, Strangers in Paradise, I feel. Like kind of like number one humorous. It has a very humorous bent to it um, about these three young ladies that are kind of traversing their freshman year at well, college. Are they happen. freshmen? I didn't think they were. I didn't know that they were freshmen, but I, I might have been thrown either. off that they were drinking. I don't know if it's a drinking age still well, they, younger. It, it's yeah, 18 and Yeah, 18. so maybe that's why I was thrown off and thought that they were older. But um, yeah, each issue really is kind of its own story. I mean, there's some, obviously the, the characters are the same, but like the stories don't necessarily like flow into each other. It's almost like you do just take like a snapshot and then it like zooms forward a little bit and then you get another snapshot. Yeah. That's at least how I felt each of the issues was. Yeah, the but, only thing that seems to be is ongoing are, are the characters. Like, I mean, some of the relationships you're introduced are, to, to some yeah. of the characters and they, they kind of build over issue after issue. After I was going to say, it's, it's very much so a character study for each of the three main uh, protagonists. You have the the Daisy Wooten, who's the the naive kid who, in the on the first page, she's fifty uh, percent here and one hundred percent not ready for this mean old world. And then the Esther de Groot is pale and interesting, maybe too interesting. Yeah, she's the one. She's the the beauty of the group. 
but she's also got that um, the, tr- the the drama aura that surrounds her. It doesn't yes. seem like anywhere she goes, like she just uh, stirs up trouble and kicks beehives un- unintentionally. Actually, she like I guess sometimes she does it, but other times she doesn't even know that she's doing it. And then the other character is uh, Susan uh, Ptolemy, who is described as a human common sense silo. Without me, they'd probably be both dead or in jail or dead and in jail. Yeah. Of all the characters in this book, I would say that she's the primary pro- protagonist. Yeah. Like, she's the, she's your audience in. Like, she's the one you're supposed to, like, identify. relate with and identify with the most. Like, the other two characters are kind of like her wacky sidekicks. I, yeah, they're kind of more uh, uh, extreme, I guess, like, in terms of their character. Like, the very, very naive and then the very kind of kooky crazy. But yeah. it's, it's funny, too, because so much of this, it, it felt like being bad in college and everybody sees themselves as the hero of their own tale and you whenever you think of the people that you knew and associated with you always like oh i have this one friend who's wacky who brings the trouble but thank goodness they have me around to keep them sane right right you know and you know oh this this kid over here boy they don't know anything yeah uh, if they didn't have me to get them out of these jams and so i i could very much so relate to these characters that just how they're presented it, it really had that feel of whenever you're tossed into to college and you're meeting all these new people and like you make bonds almost instantaneously and for some reason those bonds are the strongest bonds uh, as you go throughout your, your your college years. Absolutely. I mean, I made my bond with Chad and here we are doing what twenty years later. Yeah. We're doing a podcast together. I mean, but yeah, he, he just happened to walk into my dorm room one day and was like, "Oh, you like Bob Dylan?" I, I heard Bob Dylan from the outside and I was like, "Okay." I didn't know you were a fellow Bob Dylan person. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Absolutely. And then I took uh, t- took Chad up to Juniata College where he fit, met my cousin J A and like yeah. everyone thought that Chad actually went to that college because it was seen so often there. <laughs> well, see, maybe I have a different perspective and maybe, I don't know, because I'm just thinking, yeah, I like, remember forming those bonds and then I was going to say, like, until they stab you in the back. No. Maybe, I, maybe I'm really no jaded. I hope no one I knew in college is listening to this, but I'm not going to name names or anything like that. But. Oh, don't worry, that happened too. <laughs> Well, I know something happened with you guys over butter, so I don't know. That's we're not true. Go there that well, that's the thing about these, and, and, and but it's true to, to what Chad said, which is like again, maybe Susan is the protagonist. At least I thought she was, but honestly, some of the things that are happening to her, I could see the other characters being like, "Boy, she's always getting into trouble." Like that one issue where she goes back to her hometown, and the one person wants to throw her off a roof. Yeah, like they have to come and save her bacon at that point. Like it's it is a good give and take with within this friendship. And we haven't even started talking about my favorite character in this book, McGraw. Who's that just, would be your favorite. Oh, oh McGraw! Oh, so you just you just like him for his mustache. And the scene where he takes the key out and he rubs it with the pencil and he's like, "It's a natural lubricant" or something <laughs> like that. And I was just like, "Dang, son!" Because like, he seems like he's like a thousand years older than everybody in that Andrew book. Andrew totally has a man crush. On I do. McGraw, McGraw was. I could have seen that a mile away. Those whiskers, they 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 beckon me like sirens to a shore. I liked when he pulled out the multi-tool. Yes. Like, it's 12 tools in one and, and the, the girl is so impressed and she's like oh this is great you have that. He's like well it does 12 things very badly. It did remind me when he held it up I thought of the uh, magic screwdriver not magic sorry. Oh the sonic, sonic screwdriver. Sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Yeah, but anyways, let's go around and get our initial thoughts, and we're going to start with J.A. J.A., what did you think of Giant Days? I, I went in totally cold. I had 
no inkling of what kind of book it was going to be at all. I didn't, so, you know, I opened it and it could have been a, a, a book about giants. Um, it took a while for me to get into it and get into the flow of the narrative, but probably after about chapter three, I felt invested enough in it that I wanted to find out more what was going on. So it was one of those books that sort of takes a while to grow, at least on me it did. Uh, you know, if if I had just been given like chapter one and then nothing else, I probably wouldn't have gone searching to read more of it. But by chapter three, I was glad to have more to read and, and glad that we had two volumes to go through as opposed to just, you know, five or six books. I think it's one of those that grows on you. And I can see why it won best continuing series because the stories, while there are snapshots, they run together so well, and, and you, you're learning more about these these characters and their, their arcs and their storylines. And, you know, every book you read, it seems to grow and add complexity and color to to the storylines, which find, makes it more interesting. I think if it's a – it doesn't work if it's just a one-off. Did Was there any particular character you liked or anything that reminded you of your college experience? Uh, not, not so much of my college experience. I was getting into the uh, the group character, the goth chick. Okay. Uh, former goth chick, now not quite goth, but has all her old clothing. There's <laughs> a storyline where she's sick and she can't figure out what to wear because she can't smell anything and she doesn't know if it's been washed. So she has to go back to her old clothing and ends up walking around like a dead zombie from the <laughs> Yeah, she was wearing the, uh, that uh, kind of Victorian um, Halloween costume that she had. She actually had some really good issues. There's an issue in the second volume, I think it's like issue seven or eight, where she meets the older TA. She kind of like falls you know, for him because he's an older guy or whatever, and like she takes him back to. It's not so much that he's older; it's that he's she's not supposed to be with him. Uh, love, love forbidden. Yes. Well, yeah. anyways, she she's like introduced, and she's trying to be herself or whatever, and she's trying to put up a, a good uh, first impression. To is that a, is his parents? Is that is that who? I they, thought it was just people in his circle. Yeah, his social sure, circle. Yeah. And and then it up. She he was like, oh, you're embarrassing me. Stop talking. And and she just like completely just tore into him and left. It was really gratifying. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this was showed a lot of growth on her part. And and from the beginning of the series, where she was kind of, like, pining after some dude that she lost or whatever, by the by that chapter, I was like, ooh, good for you, Esther. Like, you're, a, you're an awesome person. I like you. Uh, Nicole, your initial thoughts. So I kind of came up with three words that I have for this book. And I think that everyone's going to be probably a little bit surprised. And as you all have been talking, I've kind of changed the order in which I will present these words Uh so the word that was going to be third but now i'll move to first is tired and i have it for two reasons so i may not have liked this book a lot because i was too tired when i read it okay Um, so like jay i kind of felt like it took a lot to pull me into it and i think i was just maybe literally too tired when i was reading because i would try to read it before bed i'd get like a couple pages and i'd like nod off and then you know the next night i'd read a couple more and so i i don't feel like i ever really got invested but the original reason that i was going to say tired is because i just didn't really feel it was anything new i just i don't know it just felt like 
something I'd heard before. I don't know. Sometimes I go through these things, whether it's with novels or with TV shows, where, like, I can't just keep going through the same thing. Like, I can't just have a different regurgitation of the same story. Yeah, and so, like, I need a break sometimes. So, like, sometimes I'll just read, 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 and then I'm like, ah, I need a break because if I do another book that's similar too quickly to that, I I won't enjoy it. I'm um, equal but opposite. You just keep going with the same same thing? I love me some tropes. But, uh, so, I don't know. I just didn't feel like there was really anything new to it. So, that's tired. Okay. Um, My second word was going to be uh, shallow. I didn't feel it had much depth to it at all. I just found it was kind of stupid stories. Okay. Um, I didn't really find it humorous. Maybe I'm not British enough to get the humor. I'm not sure. I just, I, and again, maybe that goes back to the first word that I was really just too tired um, to read it. But my third word would just be juvenile. I just thought it was really young. I didn't think it really dealt with issues that I would anticipate for college age. Like it seemed, I don't know, just kind of like lovey-dovey stuff and like, and I think there could have been a lot more depth to it that way too. Like there's a lot more serious issues that could have been dealt with, but playfully. Okay. Um, I don't know. We're only two volumes into it. It is a longer series. Maybe they get into it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. But right, college kids, why aren't, why aren't they trying to fix world peace or something? You know, that's what everyone does in college. But these well, aren't I mean, those kind of kids. They kind of touched on that, but I'm, you know, I don't know. It just seems... These are a bunch of goofs. Very mundane, like, problems that they were having. The one girl's trying to find herself, and all she watches is Friday Night Lights. You didn't think that was clever? I did. Well, I thought there was some clever stuff, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, even their relationships weren't as complex as they probably would be in real life. All right, See, Chad, your I'm, initial thoughts. I'm very excited about this for a couple of reasons. One... I, I want to go on record by saying that traditionally, when Nicole is on the show, I absolutely respect Nicole's opinion, and I think she's very thoughtful, and I think she brings a lot to the table uh, every time. He's going to disagree time. with me, isn't I know, right? He? That's okay. And this time, I totally disagree. I know. Well, that's why I tried to change my word, because at the beginning, you said all about this character development. I'm like, I didn't get it, but like I said, I might have just been asleep. Well, no, it's it's funny because I feel like my reaction was such the equal but opposite reaction for a couple of reasons. Okay. First off, start with the tired thing. This is one of those weeks, and this is kind of inside baseball. Sometimes Andy makes me do like two or three books in a week. Right, right. Uh, for read piles. Yeah. And this is a, a week we had two read piles. Uh, I just read 200 pages of another like in-depth, like 80s, like... Uh, comic, and then I was like, oh, crap, I have this other one I have to do. Uh, We record on Saturdays, Friday night, 11 o'clock at night, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to read the second one. (laughs) And so, like, I totally went in not knowing anything about this book. I think that is fair to say no one knew really anything about this book other than I had seen the title and I had, like... It had nothing to do with giants. I was very surprised. No, and I, like... That's another thing, too, young lady. That made me <laughs> crazy. Like, I feel like on the podcast, when we talk about comic book stuff, I know stuff. That's my thing. Like, I know yeah, it is true tidbits of trivia. I knew nothing about this book. I knew nothing about these creators. I knew nothing about these names. I didn't know anything and going in. you never heard of it at all? Never. Never, ever, ever. I'm sure I may have read the name, but it never resonated, never right. stuck. There was nothing here. See, what would you guys do without I know, right? Me? Without I know. you. Anywho. And so, but the one thing that's that's different personality-wise between you and me is that I love coming-of-age stories. 
Okay. I could read Catcher in the Rye every year and find different things about it to That's love. That's the English teacher. That's <laughs> part of it. But like all the variations on Catcher right. in the Rye, perks of being a wallflower, right. and like all those literary tropes. I, I love people finding themselves i love people you know coming and growing into the person that they are going to become and that's what i feel like this series is you have these three young ladies and then you have the boy that loves esther but he's he's been friend zoned for lack of a better term you have the other guy the manly man who ends up dating susan right mcgraw everybody's love mcgraw is the best That mustache, respect it. But so much of this just reminded me of my friends and my own personal experiences. Like, you have that one friend who's so naive. You're watching Daisy, like, become an adult and, like, go through all these different, like, awkward experiences. Right. Um, Whether it's the, the whole ASMR thing or whether it is... You know, she kisses her first boy and then realizes, oh, maybe that's not for me. Right, right. Um, she's just going through all these awkward experiences, and we're just there as flies on the wall watching. There's something about that process of finding and watching people come into their own that I find fascinating. And the fact that this is that we have female protagonists, it was different for me because right. I'm not a female. And so I, I can only true. imagine. Uh, like the world that we live in and the proliferation of all the the like the laddie websites for lack of a better term like the, the maxims or I don't I don't know what the kids are into now <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about I know what you're talking those about those websites are like here's the top 10 list of you know right uh, bikini Look girls how Facebook and started having to be a female and deal with those things and like living in the world it was really neat for me to see things from the other perspective there was so much of this that I enjoyed I enjoyed the characters personalities I had my friend that I thought was my Esther who always got themselves into trouble and wacky situations and like I could totally relate it, but it's it's all those experiences and then you factor in all the tiny life stuff like the week that everybody gets sick Right. They're all passing colds around, like. I did like the finals part, the the part with uh, what's her name, Van Sloot, the goth girl, like. Esther. Esther. She didn't yeah. study, and she's like praying to God that she survives. That was pretty funny. Yeah, she hadn't been to a lecture. I hadn't been like... in class in like three months. <laughs> that 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 was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can got, put you. I got. I once had a a teacher mail me to my student mailbox a course withdrawal form already oh. signed. Snap. Yikes. That's wow. <laughs> that's that's not passive aggressive. That's aggressive aggressive. <laughs> Actually that was pretty nice if you think about it because that's they true. could have just let you fail the course. That's true. I know that I, uh, their back. I I just didn't schedule any classes before what noon? I, I knew it was never gonna happen. See you know I have total the opposite. I like I was already up for some practice. All my classes were eight, day. nine or ten and I then I went back and took day. a nap. And see, I was right in the middle. I scheduled classes for 8 a.m. and regretted it every time. <laughs> like, why am I here? Oh, God. <laughs> but you got up and Why are there these hay bales in our apartment? This is... <laughs> Exactly. Oh God! They've got so many inside jokes. Oh, these hay bales! Get these hay bales out of our apartment! But that's what I thought this was like for the most part, except for the story. Whenever they go out, they go back to the girl's house, and somebody tries to throw her off the roof. Yeah, that was kind of a weird Which one. I thought that was out of place, but for the most part, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. And the fact that I didn't see it coming, the fact that I didn't know who these creators were, the fact that this was totally new—that I went in blind and like 
I started at 11 o'clock on a Friday, and I stayed up, and I read through both books, and I got to the end of the second one, and I was like, damn! So I'm going to go on record that it's very interesting to me that I have picked two kind of books that are quote-unquote girl books, we'll say. Like, that's kind of a little sexist, but... It's a lot sexist. It's a lot sexist. But I mean, so they're, you know, either written or, or drawn by girls or have main... The main characters are females. And uh, I have not liked either of them, but... I was going to say, I wonder if for Giant Days, is it is it just the way you consumed it? Because like Chad... I got an email from Andy saying, uh, make sure you've read Giant Days. We're going to talk about it tonight. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to read that. So I just read it in one sitting. And yeah, maybe. maybe having, you know, so it wasn't like, oh, what's going on? I have to try to get back into it. You know, that those first couple of chapters where it was a bit painful or hard to, or, you know, not, not a slog. But you got through but, it kind of fast. Yeah, and then I kept reading. So maybe right. it's just the way you consumed it. I like the quirky characters enough that, that they, they hooked yeah. me right away. Well, here it is. Maybe I'm just issuing my own biases from college, which I've tried to block most of. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... This will be my initial thoughts in my grade. And honestly, I'm going to give this book a definite B. I think it was a B book for sure. Uh, and the reason why I say this is because if you did really enjoy college... Uh, this kind of slice of life will really impact you a little bit. Again, I, I, I went to college with Chad, and I found myself saying, like, yeah, these are the kind of ladies, actually, that Chad and I would have hung out with because they, they seem super interesting. Like, we hung out with some interesting people oh, yeah. at college. And we, make no mistake about it, we were not the, the popular kids, you know, <laughs> at the fraternity mixers. Like, we were off the beaten path. And these are the girls that you meet. The off the beaten path. Exactly. The That's that 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 was why I thought these would be people that we would have really because they had interesting personalities. They wouldn't be people that would be in sororities or whatever. They would they would have been not that there's anything wrong with that, but they had a different point of view. And I'll be very honest. I also agreed with with Ja that the first two issues I want to say were kind of like C ish. Like I I didn't know about the series until I think the one about the flu. Then I was just like oh. Well, I went through this. This is super good. Like I, and then by the time McGraw and Susan hooked up, I was like, "Yes, now I've got my couple." So that kind of like everything kind of revolves around. They're trying to keep the relationship a secret, but then it does not, and everything just started to flow. And by the end of it, I found myself wanting to read Volume Three and Volume Four and Volume Five, and just finding out what happens with these characters from here. Because I would really love to read the volumes that basically won them the Eisner. This is 2016 when it first came out, and they were nominated for it, right? right. I want to see what the stories that actually finally won them the award. So that's why I will continue to read Giant Days going forward. But yeah, I had a super interesting college life, and that's why I love this book. Uh, J.A., you're great. I would say it's a B-, minus, uh, and that's just on the two books that we read, of course. What did you think of the art, J.A., as somebody that likes the art? I thought it was nice. I thought it it fit the storyline. You know, it's kind of quirky stories about college. The art was quirky. I liked that it was uh, that it was a bit more loosey and freeform. I felt sort of like I was reading um, like a Sunday comic strip in in the paper, like sort of Doonesbury meets uh, better or worse. Yes, that's it. Yes, yes. Better or worse means Doonesbury meets uh, PCU. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nicole, grade. Um, I'll give it a 
I don't know. I guess I'll go B minus two. Maybe an incomplete because I feel like I didn't completely read it. Oh, you always get I these incompletes. Yeah, but I don't like not liking something. That actually really <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. It's she's, okay. She's, I think she, she's going to give it a signed uh, course withdrawal. Yes. <laughs> oh. You know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, sometimes I get in these moods, and Andrew can attest, like, you can't, f- my, I won't put a book down. I mean, literally, I just, like, walk around with a book doing, like, reading constantly, and then sometimes I just take a break, and I'm just vegging and, like, watching TV more, and I feel like I've been in a vegging mode, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't in the mood. And I was too tired. I did work a lot this week. Oh, that's crazy. That though, that a B minus. Like, so are, is this a book you'd go back to and reread in a little while, or uh, read more well, volumes? Volume three. It might be something that I read while I'm sitting with Johanna. She's going to bed. Okay. Because I'm not being forced to. Because the way that you described it, I honestly thought you were going to give it a D or a C minus yeah, at least. I'm a too B nice. plus or B minus is like that's. I'm too nice though. Ugh. I mean, that was my problem when Step I was writing. Step on your guns. Things. So, I mean, I'm too nice. Okay. I would not be a good teacher, Chad. I'd be way too nice. All right, Chad, you're up. The nice teachers don't get the parody emails. Anyway, <laughs> so as I alluded to earlier, this scratches a lot of itches that, like, I personally like. I, I enjoy coming-of-age stories in all their varied forms. So that was an itch that it scratched. I thought two of the three characters were really interesting and and entertaining. Uh, my only issue, well, I I didn't like the art change. By the way, okay. When they brought on the new artist for the two issues, I I hope it goes back to the the Lisa Tremaine. Yeah, just because I really enjoyed. I I don't know whether it was because that was what was established, but I really enjoyed her work on the characters more so. Like the second artist seemed a little too polished. Okay. Um, but my other complaint about the book would just be with Susan, where I feel like she's too cool. I I would rather have a more fallible main character. Like, so she hangs out and smokes cigarettes and keeps everybody grounded, and she's also a junior detective and going to be a doctor and has the perfect boyfriend ever who can get people out of any jam. She's like the Batman of this series. Okay. And it's like, she shouldn't be that qualified. All right. At this point in her life. You know what I mean? Maybe that's a failing on my part because like, I was nowhere near that (laughs) capable of a human being (laughs) to have things worked out so much. But, um, as far as like putting you in a place, this put me back in my college dorm room. Yeah. You know, freshman year. Um, and so, Without naming names, like, some of these characters, like, I know these characters. I'm friends with these characters. At least one of these characters I don't talk to anymore. Uh, Like, I I know these people in various forms. And so for that, I'll I'll give it a B plus. Uh, I definitely want to read volumes three and, and whatever moving forward. Is it something that would be at the top of my list? Probably not, just because as far as, like, the comics go, this isn't traditionally my jam. Like, this is definitely outside the realm of what we would normally read. But at the same time, as as I'm trying to expand my horizons beyond the traditional fare, I thought this was a really fun, really pleasurable experience. 
And so, yeah, B plus. Cool. I'll say that this, and, and this is kind of the thing I look for for comics, as I've talked about before, like getting into your guys' world of, you know, for example, Spider-Man, it's like near impossible for me to digest that much stuff. Like, I feel like some of these series are, are going to appeal to people like me who haven't really read comic books before. Yeah. And it's something that they're, that, that's just a little bit more relatable. And, and again, doesn't have a 60 year history or 70 or 80 or whatever, however long Spider-Man's been around for. Absolutely. No, it is a very approachable series. Like it's, there's comedy, there's relationships, it's things people can relate to. And so it's definitely something I think everybody should check out. If you don't think comic books are for you, Check out Giant Days. That actually might be for you. Anyways. Yeah, this is definitely something I'd keep in the back pocket to recommend for people that, you know, don't want to read about heroes and capes. Hey, what happened to the show? Protocols indicate commercial break is necessary to continue. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll be right back with more Last Comic Shop podcast right after this. I got to move my boxers over to the dryer anyway. Hi, it's Carlo Calentuan, last comic shop podcast listener and comic book tragic here in the Philippines. My boy, when I'm in the U.S., I'm always on the lookout for a good deal on boards, bags, boxes, and all other manner of comic book-related supplies. And that's why I love to go to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD to get 10% off of all my orders. Not only do I get a discount on everything I buy at BCW, but I'm able to support the podcast when I use LCSPOD at checkout. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, head over to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD. Oh, and guys, I'm still waiting for that trusted review. Come on, when is it? Hey, are you looking for your new favorite comic? Are you interested in epic fights, a career change, creating comics, and mental health? You have come to the right place. My name is Oscar Osorio, and up until a few months ago, I was working at a desk for a big company until I burned out and decided to pursue my passion, comic books. It was the beginning of my new, better life. At least, that's what I thought. Turns out that doing what you love may involve newer mental health issues, worrying about getting money, feeling you're not enough, fear of disappointment, and more. So I combined these emotions with my love of superheroes and fan comics and turned it into my debut comic book, A Neverending Adventure, the fantastic quest of an aspiring creator looking for an idea. Life on Soup, right now. So come with me as I embark on the never-ending adventure of creation. You know what I think? This world we're in right now is the fairy tale. And what's really real is on the other side. Ramsey, mechanic by day, aspiring comic book creator by night, went into the woods and tripped. He was bombarded by bizarre and mysterious glyphs that he drew into his sketch pad and onto the body of his muse, Regina. Oh, Groovy! Your art is crawling all over me. Shit. What is going on with you? What's going on with you? All of a sudden, you're a complete drip, baby. Maybe you need another limb to the head! Ah! Bloom, written and created by Ted Sikora, with art by Butch Mappa. Mappa. Uh, how, how are you feeling, Ram Man? You've never experienced a story so astonishing, astonishing. so far out and away from the beaten path. We're in the f- 
Blast off with Bloom, the origin of a prophet. Order yours at herotomorrow.com. On the next uh, second half of the show, we're going to be playing a game as we like to do. Uh, it's a game that we haven't played in months because we've come up with so many other games. But it was a game called Scenarios. Boring name, but I know, right? Play. Most of the good names for games have been taken. I can't call it like ten thousand dollar pyramid for God's sakes. That's yeah, true. That's, I mean, come on. Is there any game better than maybe Joker's Wild? Like, though, that's another good one. Price is Right, uh, Win, Lose, or Draw. These are all good names for things. All right, we'll just stick with scenarios. Any case, on. scenarios is a game in which uh, we have a judge uh, who comes up with a scenario like. Uh, who would be the best dentist? And what we Let's have to use do... that like four times today. The scenario Nicole and then puts it out dentists. to... <laughs> Anti-dentite. <laughs> uh, I call back uh, right so she's going to come up with these uh, a scenario and she's going to put it out to Chad and I and J.A. And we're going to have to come up with a comics-related character that we think best could fill the scenario. And then not only are, are we going to kind of... Uh, say who it is, but we have a few moments to like convince her why our answer is the best. And then at the end, she is going to be the judge, I and she's going to award you. points. And so there's going to be I think yeah. there were points. Well, involved. there's a point per round, so there's oh, five okay. rounds, and then whoever has the most points at the end of five rounds wins. I thought I had to like grade it on a scale, give you no, seven points for that answer. No, it's no, one winner, one winner <laughs> per round. So it's All whoever right. you think was the best. So it may not even be the best answer, but it was the one that Nicole thought was the best. Well, it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity, right? Like yeah, everyone it, else could think that one was really funny, but if the judge liked the one, they exactly. Get the card. It's got it's reading Nicole too. By the way, I forgot to say once you nominate somebody, you can't use that character for the rest of the game. Yes. Alright, so what is your first scenario, darling? Well, so the theme of these scenarios Oh, you have a theme? I have a theme. Oh, oh look at you. The theme is going to be I don't want to say board games because they're not all board games, but uh, <laughs> way to have a theme that game. does not, not, a not game. No, because they're, they're not all like have a, an actual board with pieces. It's not all risk. It's also pong and things yeah. like that. So games. So games. 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 A game the name about a game. The game. All right. All right. So the first scenario. Number one. Right. So you are playing a game of risk. Oh. Well, obviously, who is your character? And what would their strategy be? And how would they win at risk? Okay. There's really only one way to win at risk. Well, I know Andrews yeah. is going to be, but I want to know why your character would choose to do that. All right. So we're writing down our characters here. I mean, I'm sure Nicole knows mine. Yeah. Maybe I should have wrote down something else. Well, you should try to be creative. I'm looking for the story of why your character, like how they think a certain way and why they would. All right, I got mine. Uh, I can go whatever. I'm ready. Okay. All right, who goes first? Uh, we'll let our guest from across the world. Oh, for this character, I, I really had to think about what is Risk. And Risk is a game about world conquering and world domination. And who better to take who can conquer the world and, and dominate than Galactus? Because he would just eat the thing. So. <laughs> Very no. creative answer. So, I like it. So we would just roll up to the board game with some ketchup and a fork. Yeah. Just be like, I'm carving up this play, this board, just swallowing it whole. Is digestion domination? I think it's the ultimate. I mean, form when of you shit domination. out the world, I think that's pretty much dominating. I, I'm then you're just left with a big pile. Yeah. 
Yes, a couple of plastic pieces that didn't digest. Oh, boy, how did those pass through a system? Oh, bruh. Yikes. Especially, like, one of the little soldiers that has, like, the the bayonet with the... Oh, golly. Says the man who eats the the shells of the sunflower seeds. Uh, They're not as sharp. All right, my my guy is, of course, Doctor Doom. Because who else is going to be taking over the world other than Doctor Doom? Is he going to start with Australia? He should, because he's the master <laughs> strategist, uh, so he would understand the strategic advantage of having Australia. It poses By the way, to if anybody. you ever play with Andrew, clearly it's very, you know it's, what he's it's, it's like, like Australia, it's at, is a very small country, so starting there and then building out from there. But ultimately, he would win at risk because he would convince everybody else that, hey... I am the best guy for the job, and it's easier to just go with me than fight against me. And, you know, he wouldn't get stuck in a land war in Asia. That's only worth seven points. Thank you very much. You don't go to Asia until the end, please. It's all about Africa and South America. You guys should see the head motions, Andrew. All right. Well, anyways, Dr. Doom is the correct answer. Chad? Okay. So Galactus chews things up and shits them out. (laughs) Dr. Doom has his metallic charms. But really, the man you want for the job is Professor Charles Xavier. Okay. He's a master of mind control. And who better to start by taking Australia, but then use his mind control abilities to inspire chaos amongst everyone else? Who better to join up and collude with others and plant the seeds in their brains of, oh, this would be a good plan, and then double-cross them, and then double-cross the other guy! And then double cross everyone again. Oh, and Professor X, the master manipulator, who behind the scenes, oh, the guy whose legs don't work, what harm could he be? When meanwhile, he's slowly manipulating everyone. Because we all know that Professor X is the ultimate bad guy. Oh, wow. We all know that he's the guy out to manipulate and take control of all these things. Why is he still around? Is he actually a bad guy? According to Chad, like him and Reed Richards should be actually in the bad guy tent. Oh, I haven't read any X Men because I didn't know he could mind control people. That's his whole thing. So. What do you? What, what's your take, JA? Is, is Professor X really a bad guy? Ooh, I've never thought of it that way. But now that you mention it, a lot of what he does, him and Magneto, they're just propping up this this false dichotomy. That's true. They right. are pretty much the same side of a coin. <laughs> they're not opposite sides. And if you go back and look at the things that Professor Xavier has done, it's a lot of douchebaggery. Oh, yeah, it is true. All right, who wins? Well, I do find it interesting, and I guess maybe I was thinking of things in a different way. Like, I was thinking more defensive. You guys were, like, all, like, on the offense, like... That's how you got to be in risk. Oh, maybe I play it wrong, evidently. Sorry, it goes to J.A. because uh, shit was involved. So. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, shit is involved. Eating boards wins every time. Shit happens, and Nicole will vote for it. All right. This is like Cards Against Humanity, man. Like, get a play to your audience. Even my corny jokes couldn't pass through that one. Although I'm, I think I'm the one that came up with the shitting it out. Alright, <laughs> what's your next question? Okay, I'm going to make it a little uh, less serious than Risk, because Risk is a pretty serious game. And it lasts a long time. It does last a long time, unlike Andrew. Wow! <laughs> it's, it's quality, not quantity. <laughs> Just say that. Anywho, uh, charades. Okay. Mimes. Who would win at charades? Who would be the best clue giver and or guesser? I guess you could play it either way. All right. Doot, 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 doot. This is your thinking music. Uh, doot. <laughs> All right, I got mine. I'm good. Chad? 
You're done. Check. Jay. Andrew. Stop. Yep. Uh, All right, so... I will go first this time. You are not in charge, by the way, but oh. yes, you may go. Okay. So I would say the best person at charades would be Mr. Fantastic. Because he's so pliable, he could basically change his shape into anything that he would want. So he's like, walking a dog? Well, I'll just make a dog appear out of my arm. And look, there's the shape of the dog. You're going to guess right away. Oh, somebody playing tennis? I'll turn my hand into a tennis racket and be swatting an imaginary ball. Like, he can basically make his body into any object. So, of course, he's going to be the best at making people guess what he's trying to do. All right, Chadsters. That's what I said here, Mr. Fantastic. The correct answer is Clayface. Specifically. Who is Clayface? (laughs) Playing to your audience, Chad. That's right. So the first Clayface, Basil Carlo, was a B-list actor who basically becomes this mud monster who can change his shape into any shape whatsoever. So Reed Richards isn't the only one. So not only does he have the pliability of Reed Richards, but he also has the B-list acting skills to convey whatever emotion, whatever charade. I think it was Hagen that turned into the... I think Basil Carlo was just an actor. I'm going to call shenanigans on that. But anyways, go on. What? Yes. Matt Hagen was the guy that was like that had the the mud powers. Clayface it is. Clayface it Clayface. is. Clayface. Uh, J.A.? In these answers, we were all along the same vein of thought. I don't know if that's a, a really intelligent vein of thought or not. So I had originally thought, oh, I should go with Sandman for similar reasons, the, hmm. the ability and properties to change his shape or body. And then I thought of somebody who's even better at that, and that would be the Impossible Man. Oh, wow. She doesn't know who that is. Yeah, I was going to say, Andrew's reaction, I'm like, okay. So (laughs) explain to me. Okay, go ahead and explain. So he's a a little green man, alien guy who can basically turn into anything he wants. He can turn, like, his whole self into anything he wants? Yes, he he can make, like, a cannon with a face. He's very campy. He's like, oh, I took a rocket to the moon. He turns into a rocket ship and blasts off. And then hits hits the moon, like, from uh, a trip to the moon. I like that. He's a little cone-headed guy. All right, well, y'all just kind of came up with the same idea. Yeah, so the, the person that came up with it first... And no, the guy you actually you know. You went first. That's but the guy all. you know. You didn't come up with it first. The guy you know. You don't know. But Chad's has a little extra with the acting skills, so I'm going to go with Chad. Uh, uh-huh. Huzzah! Andrew should know that it was me as the judge. I'm always biased against him winning. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> It's crazy. Mr. Fan, you didn't know about Clayface. And he said Basil Carlo. That wasn't even the right Clayface. Anyways, go on. What's the next one? Um, so next, let's turn to a game that I'm not sure if everyone here is familiar with. I know us three here are, but uh, Johnny Andrew, I don't remember when you guys were visiting. Did, did the kids play Survive? That game where it's, everyone's on the island and they have to get off with the boats and you can like... No. No? Super good game. Okay. So I'll explain the premise of the game just a little bit for uh, John Andrew. And actually, for all of you out there, this is a great game to play with, like, youngish, middle-aged kids. Like it's a seven, eight, great nine. game it's to great play game. with everyone. It's like yeah, my go-to board game. It's, uh, super fun. So anyway, you're on a uh, island, uh, and essentially you have to get off this island and onto uh, safe shores by getting onto boats and then avoiding uh, sea creatures and getting chomped by um, sharks and tipped over by whales and completely devoured by sea serpents. 
at each turn, you know, part of the island disappears, and eventually there will be a volcano, and at the end of that, then the game's over, and whoever has the most uh, guys, which also have points on the bottom, the most points uh, wins. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of strategy that goes into this game, because there's boats, and you can share boats, and, like, you know, people obviously sometimes throw people overboard uh, by steering said monsters into them and such. So my scenario, I guess, for you is what would your strategy be for survive with the superhero uh, who, or, or, or who it would be and how they would play. Okay. Fair enough. I think this one... John answers at a little disadvantage having not played this I'm game. I'm going to take Andy's answer. Alright. <laughs> mine's better. Alright. So... But Chad gets to go first. Chad gets to go first. Okay. So are you familiar with Namor the Submariner? Yes. So Namor would be my guy for okay. a couple of reasons. One, he's a regal. He's the king of his underwater world. It doesn't matter if the whole island's going to get blown up. <laughs> Give me time. All right, keep going. So he is a mutant. He has mastery under the water. He's also a badass. He was the very first Marvel character that appeared in Marvel Comics number one, and he has continued throughout the Marvel Universe through today. And he is someone... That he's been a good guy, he's been a bad guy, he's been a homeless guy. So he plays it both he's, ways. He's been a businessman, he's been a hobo, he's very adaptable to whatever situation he's in. Whether he's in the middle of a forest, whether he's on the beach, whether he's had the land beneath him shuttered, whether he's facing sharks, it doesn't matter to Namor. Namor can handle all that and more. And so that's why Namor is the most adept at being able to survive the survival-based mm. game. All right. Okay, John Andrew, do you have an answer? I do. Okay, go ahead. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm picturing Batman on this tropical island, and it's quite funny in my head. Is it Adam West Batman? Is he riding on his surfboard? <laughs> yes. Trunks. Yes, and and his his little bat bat transistor radio playing bat surf music. And you know the obvious reason why you should have Adam West as your Batman is shark repellent spray. Yes. That'll really come in handy for you. Yes. All right, so so how would your Batman, like, strategize with this game? Well, I mean, he's Batman, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it all else fails, you, be you, Batman. You, exactly. You want, that's his whole argument. That's he's it. Batman. Okay, he's Batman. He's the goddamn Batman. All right. <laughs> he does everything the best. Uh, so is that, that uh, that's all you got? All right, the, the correct answer is Aquaman. Because number one, you don't have to worry about the whales or the sharks uh, eating him or eating because he controls them. He's he the best them. looking. I mean, what's that guy's name? That uh, plays- Jason Momoa or yeah, whatever. Dude. Yeah. So anyways, he's, he's delicious looking and he can control all the sharks and the whales and whatever. Namor can't do that. He doesn't control things. Not, at least not in the comic books he does. I'm going to Google sexy Namor. And, uh, and he also cool. controls the sea serpents. Everything is his, his oyster and so, yes, the correct answer. And don't give somebody else the points for this when you know in your heart of hearts it's Aquaman. It's the right answer. Aquaman and Namor are essentially the, the Marvel and DC equivalent of each other. Exactly. Aquaman is the better answer. So I thought of this myself, and I'm not sure if I'm being clever or not, but I thought of the Silver Surfer because he could just surf all of his people off the island. That's not bad, but it's no Aquaman. <laughs> I will give it to Anderson. Yeah. I think he can control more of the forces. That's true. Rather than react to them. Although both Batman and Namor could probably react to things very well. All, All right. right. Three-way tie going into question number four. Yeah, I have. The next game y'all are going to play is Jeopardy. Okay. 
So who would you be your contestant? Oh boy. And I already gave Reed Richards. And are they going to uh, be one of those people that's like ahead and then bets it all and loses? Okay. Are they going to come from behind and do double jeopardies? And who is your Ken Jennings? Who's going to like sweep this shit up? Andrew's thinking. Chad's. Mm. All right. I got it. Jay, ready? Yep. All right. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, first, I yeah. got to give it to Brainiac. Oh, you beat Andrew to the punch. He evidently had Brainiac. Yeah. No, he doesn't anymore. Uh, I don't know anything about Brainiac, so somebody fill me in. He's a living computer. His, his name is a portmanteau of the words brain and maniac. So that's all you need to know about him. All right. Where does Brainiac appear? He's a Superman villain. Oh. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's like a he's a Kryptonian <laughs> computer. So, like, you know, what better to be in a? Uh, I'll, I'll win it for JA over Chad at this point because I also had Brainiac. But yes, you'd want somebody that would have limitless knowledge. In fact, his whole th- shtick is to go out there and collect knowledge yes. from throughout the cosmos. But and what so, does he like, do with it? He just stores it. He's but he's evil, so he uses it for evil intent. So he would have no problem. But if he knows- Going everything for the, how going for the jugular in a, in a jeopardy game and and he'd be that guy that figures out oh i can risk this much and still win or lose so that i'm not going to go all in on the final well, that's round. just math yeah. yes he's good at that <laughs> <laughs> sometimes he looks like a giant robot and sometimes he looks like a green dude yes oh all right okay. so yeah I, I i think you should go with ja's uh brainiac because it was my answer too all right, all right. Chad, do you have a different answer i do have a different what is answer that creepy guy oh that's also brainiac oh that's so anyway my answer is oracle I don't know if you know who Oracle is. I would assume it's something to do with all-seeing. Indeed. Oh, so they could see the questions ahead of time? So, well, Oracle actually originally was Batgirl. But after Batgirl was shot and paralyzed by the Joker... She instead devoted to becoming a information source for all the various superheroes. Hmm. So she went from being a librarian to this uh, information resource where all the heroes, including Batman and Robin and Nightwing, would contact Oracle to find out information on villains, on locations, on all these varied subjects. And if she didn't know the answer, she knew where to get the answer. And so she, as as close as a human could come, to knowing all you could know and and being versatile and adept and she would know all the things that Brainiac wouldn't know all the little pop culture categories you are making some assumptions sir what am I winning for my my question is after she gives all these answers does she then give them a cookie you know what I like it because she's a chick girl power now should we do one more because it's going to end up in a tie Unless Chad gets it. Uh, let's go. It's five rounds, so let's yep. see how those all okay. shakes out. And then we can have final Jeopardy. Exactly, between the two winners. So let's see. Let's okay. See. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's Chad just point. wins flat out, which is funny because I get to control this. Okay. The final game of the evening. The game of all games. Okay. Will you build houses or will you build hotels? <gasps> well, you have to build houses that build hotels. Who is your champion Monopoly player? Oh, boy. Oh boy, well, there's only one answer to this one. But we'll see. Do you buy properties right away? Do you go for the railroads? Alright, I got mine. What about. Stop throwing stuff down and making noise. Listen. What about. This those, is the number one answer. What about those utilities? You don't mess around with the utilities. What, they're just like rule 10? I don't know. It's. 
you're worthless. The railroads, that's where you make your money, I and then you the get railroads. the greens. Then you get the greens and the railroads, and then you build your empire from there. That's how you win Monopoly. I like Marvin Garden. What about you, J.A.? What's your Monopoly strategy? Well, obviously, we're talking superheroes. The only person you can be if you want to be, be competing in a game of Monopoly is the multiple man. Ooh. Because... You could then clone yourself. You make multiple copies of yourself, and that just allows you to expand your reach around the board. Because Monopoly, regardless of what you're buying, is all about the act of purchasing as much properties as possible. So you and make, I wonder you have, if you have multiple uh, like clones of yourself, if each clone passes go, then you would quickly yes, accumulate more money. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Wouldn't they be playing against each other? I play. Well, no, I then, you, no, then, the then, then because you're multiple man, you can also bring them all back into one. So you essentially divest yourself into multiple different corporations. You buy up all this property, and then you just com- conglomerize and bring well, it all. Well, you're not competing against. No, yeah, you're, you're not. You're, not Listen, you're forgetting one thing, sir. As a fan of Multiple Man, I should alert you to the fact that he is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Any long-term plan, he wouldn't have the wherewithal to stick with it. He would get distracted. And that's why my answer is should be the correct one, which is Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> no. Sorry, that cause, really threw me off. Because he is originally a comic book character. He originally appeared like in the Donald Duck comic books that Carl Banks made. But Scrooge McDuck, who else but the richest duck in the world? The man that has a money bit that has been tougher than the toughies and smarter than the smarties. That has actual literal monopolies throughout the world. The richest duck ever who else else is going to be playing monopoly other than scrooge mcduck and playing it right playing it fair playing it appropriately not cheating but knows how to build and accumulate wealth scrooge mcduck so does scrooge mcduck have the same properties as like scrooge christmas Christmas Carol? no no originally in the comic books he was kind of like uh Kind of like a miserly person, but now it, nowadays the the Scrooge McDuck is like he's the older grandfather. He's a grandfather. He's a very parental. Okay. Per- that's why I he, was gonna say that Scrooge is a, a very thrifty, like penny saver. That's how that, he got rich. That's so that's true. He, he makes like, shrewd business deals, uh, nothing to his disadvantage, but he won't make crooked business deals. Just shrewd ones. He's a shrewd investor. Uh, all Scrooge right. McDuck. All right. All right. Listen, my character is not as shrewd. My character is sloppy. My character is less of an idiot than multiple man, but smart enough to know his way around both business transactions and superheroics. My character is Tony Stark, Iron Man. Mm. Billionaire industrialist. He's capable of buying and controlling industries. He's capable of manipulating people in the government to help him achieve his goals. He's also... Not as moral as Scrooge McDuck, and able to use those amoral abilities uh, to accomplish his goals from time to time when it or when it's necessarily called upon. He is the Iron Man. He is the one for this Iron Age of industrialism. He is the one who is the right man for this job. And plus, Robert Downey Jr. is really handsome. He is. Your your kids love Scrooge yeah, McDuck. Dude, I'm not playing to the kids. Literally. Oh, I don't know. You know what? Lots of people, uh, you know, come up with house rules for Monopoly and stuff and so uh, I feel like that's kind of what Tony Stark would do so Chad wins wow I think you are 
are biased. Well, I, I, I am. So the only one that She's I got was the, the one that was no. like a no-brainer. Chad told the best stories. Scrooge McDuck. If you're a fan out there of this podcast and a fan of Scrooge McDuck, leave comments about how Nicole got it wrong. I'm just saying. Oh I would even take a multiple man over You know that. what? You can repost. I, 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 I'm still angry about the, the Brainiac. I thought Brainiac it was a lock. I agree. You had two people and, and, and the Brainiac. And, and then he comes in with I don't even know what. Oracle, you never even heard of it. Oh, the cheese will whatever, dude. Well, don't make me a judge next time, then. Mm, you're a cute judge. Yeah, you're an all yeah. right judge. Well, you feel free to post the questions and your guys' response on Twitter. We'll see how the audience reacts and see all who right. they would pick us to do that. That concludes archival retrieval protocols. Cool. I just got my socks folded, so I'll be getting out of your hair. Query. Sensors indicate deadbolt recently installed by 1J. Andrew Scott. Presence of Michael would conclude breaking and entering occurred. Should this unit alert proper authorities? No, no, no. Let's call it breaking and entertaining instead. I mean, most of the fans have never heard this week's book review, so we performed a public service. Conjecture. If what you say is true, please complete standard show ending to avoid this unit from contacting police. Whoa! Okay, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Last Comic Shop Podcast. Make sure to rate and review and subscribe over at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com and check out more of our past shows like this week's. As you've heard, our shows are evergreen, so even years later you can enjoy these reviews of books like Giant Days. Make sure you're also following us on all those social media platforms, checking out our merch store for potential Christmas gifts for all of the comic book fans in your life, and visiting your local comic book shop for even more fantastic books that we can all be thankful for. So until next week when hopefully Andy, Chad, and J.A. will be back to deal with the temperamental computer overlords, I'm Mikey Wood, and I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Will that work? Ending sufficient. Happy Turkey Day, Mr. Wood. Thanks. You know, have you ever watched Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey? Shop was a 2023 Black Angus production.